Several wealthier, well-vaccinated countries are on the verge of giving their populations a booster of the COVID-19 vaccine on top of the vaccinations they've already received. This could actually make it harder for us to overcome this worldwide pandemic. So as you consider whether to get a vaccine booster, I encourage you to think about the world situation and perhaps even pass on getting a booster so that we can solve this pandemic more quickly. Let's dig in. This is the joy of saving the human race, where we try to get the world to cooperate. It's so the human race can avoid some urgent global problems that could mean the end of civilization and cause lots of suffering around the world. But also, we just want to have a good world that we enjoy and we can feel proud of. We are not just citizens of our own countries. We are citizens of the human race. Let's learn to manage ourselves responsibly. Let's help the human race act like it wants to last for a while. I think humans are awesome and the human race is worth saving. There is no time to waste, so let's do this. Hi friends, welcome to the joy of saving the human race. I'm Shelby Murtis. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad you're here. So today I'm going to talk about how the United States and other wealthier, well-vaccinated countries are starting to give COVID-19 vaccine boosters, or they're seriously considering it. To be honest, today I'm kind of cranky. I'm kind of annoyed that I have to have this conversation today. I have a bunch of other topics lined up to talk about on this show, but I'm going to take a pause and I'm going to cover this because it's popped up in the world and it's important. And to be honest, I'm a little annoyed that I even have to have the conversation because I was hoping that this far along in the pandemic, we would be handling things better by now, but we're kind of not. So here I am talking about it, encouraging good things. With these COVID vaccine boosters, sometimes it's just fine and good. So for people who have a compromised immune system, they need a little boost. I get it. That's cool. Um, or if you're a healthcare worker and you're at risk all the time, definitely get it if you want it. You know, top up your immunity and go into work as strong as you can be. I So that all makes sense. But for the general public... I'm not a big fan of this. I think it's unnecessary and it keeps us from overcoming our pandemic because it's misusing our limited uh, vaccine resources in the world. So today I will encourage you to consider passing up your COVID vaccine booster, at least for now. So I want to set all this within the larger context of pandemics in general. So we are very likely to have more pandemics in the future, and they could be worse than COVID. Our risk is growing in the world. That risk is a result of humans' destruction of nature, of climate change, of industrial meat production, of wet markets where wildlife is sold, and from biolabs that are working on dangerous pathogens which could escape the lab. All of these are increasing our risk of pandemics, and all that is compounded by the fact that we have a very interconnected world 
with more international travel and trade than ever before. So a disease that pops up somewhere can easily spread around the world and become a pandemic. So putting all this together, we right now have the greatest pandemic risk that humanity has ever faced. So COVID-19 is actually mild compared to what could happen in the future. I don't mean to minimize the suffering that people are going through because it is serious and needs to be dealt with, but other diseases in the future may be more deadly or more transmissible than COVID-19 is. We could have a much bigger problem in the future. So if we can't handle this mild one right now, how are we going to handle the worst one that's going to come? So really, we need to be learning and practicing and improving our systems during this COVID-19 pandemic so that we can be ready for the future. Now, I think that in some, case, in some ways, we have been improving and learning how to handle pandemics as we go through this. But in some areas, we really are not learning our lessons yet. For many months now, the United States and other wealthy countries have been hoarding the world's supply of COVID-19 vaccine. There is a limited supply. There's only so much that the factories can pump out so far. And so we don't yet have enough vaccine for everybody in the world. And because of these economic inequalities, the wealthier countries have been hogging it all up. So this has a few concerns. I mean, one is obviously say, uh, fairness and ethics. Um, I don't see any reason why I, as an American, deserve a vaccine more than somebody in Africa or Asia or Latin America. I just don't understand what makes me more deserving than somebody else. But then also, in a more practical way, this pandemic is starting to widen the inequalities between wealthier and poorer countries. Because in wealthier countries that are highly vaccinated, they're starting to reopen and rev up their economies again and go back to a usual level of prosperity. But poorer countries that were already struggling are unvaccinated and still going to have the outbreaks, the death, the sickness, the shutdowns, people having to stay home and not work. All this stuff is a drag on their economies and they are likely to get poorer. So it's going to widen that gap, which is really dangerous in a bunch of ways for our future. But most importantly is really that this uh, this imbalance of vaccine distribution, it's bad pandemic strategy. This is just not good global public health. And a bunch of global health experts are telling us this and not really getting listened to. The reason for this is that even if you highly vaccinate some places, like for instance, you know, here in the U.S. where I am, people so often are talking about this desire to get to herd immunity which is a point at which um, enough people are vaccinated or protected that the virus goes away. But there's really no such thing as herd immunity when it's running rampant elsewhere in the world among unprotected people. Because where it is running rampant, that's where vac uh, variants are likely to happen. And so more variants are going to pop up that then make our vaccines ineffective. 
So we're really not getting anywhere by not spreading them around the world. So on top of this basic um, imbalance that's been happening for months, now we've got this consideration of boosters. So uh, the, US, the U.S. government has said that in September they're going to start having people um, get a booster shot, basically a third um, shot if it's um, you know, one of the two-shot deals. And so other countries also are starting to consider this or starting doing it. So the reason for this is that some research is showing that there is a very small decline in vaccine effectiveness as the months go on. So they're seeing this small decline and wanting to get ahead of it and wanting to top up people's immunity with a booster. But at this point still, the vaccines are very effective. They offer very strong protection. And so that booster shot is really only topping up a person's um, immunity just a little bit. That shot gives somebody a very small boost. But at the same time, it denies an unprotected person any protection because they can't get their hands on a vaccine. So you can believe me on this, but why don't we just listen to some public health experts that I've um, heard talk about this. So Mark Ryan of the World Health Organization says, we are planning to hand out extra life jackets to people who already have life jackets while we're leaving other people to drown. Uh-huh, I agree. Also, let's hear from Dr. Vin Gupta, who is an intensive care unit and lung doctor. Dr. Gupta says, giving more vaccine to people who do not necessarily need it, given the data today, makes no sense. And it's not going to save lives. It's actually not going to protect us and end this pandemic any more quickly. An America first strategy with vaccines should actually be to try to vaccinate as much of the world as possible so that we can protect as many people as possible and mitigate the chance of a variant arising that will render all the existing vaccines useless. That's an America first approach that will keep us as safe as possible. And now let's hear from Nancy Jecker who is a professor of bioethics and humanities at the University of Washington School of Medicine. She says, relentlessly putting America's interests first is a failed strategy. In the long run, it fails to protect even Americans. If we allow the virus free reign in low and middle income countries, it can mutate in ways that allow it to bypass the protections offered by vaccines and prior infections. So it's not just me, it's other smart people are saying this. So please hold these thoughts in mind while we look at some data that paints the picture of what's actually happening in the world right now. So looking at data of comparing countries and what percentage of their population is fully vaccinated, that means if it's a two-shot vaccine, they've gotten both doses, or if it's a Johnson & Johnson, they've gotten one dose. But this is the percent that is fully vaccinated in these countries. In the United States, that's 51% of the population fully vaccinated. In the UK, about 61%. In China, 64%. In Canada, 
Western and Central Europe, those countries are in the 50s and 60s percentage-wise. And then, you know, we drop down to a few that are in 20s, 20% to 30%. Includes Mexico, much of South America, Australia, Russia. But then there's a bunch of countries that have barely any protection at all. So that includes India, which has just 9% of population fully vaccinated. And they've got a big population and they've really struggled with COVID. And then all of Africa, almost all of Africa, is under 10%. Many of those countries, even under 1%. That's barely anything. So I'm kind of astonished that this late in the pandemic, we have countries still under 1%. When other countries in 50, 60-some percent of their population vaccinated, it's just crazy what a mismatch there is. This, uh, the way it's been distributed, happened because wealthier countries bought up the limited supply of vaccines. So really early in this process, even before vaccines were available, they just went in with big money and just bought them all up, and they outbid poorer countries. Now, later in the game, there's countries who can afford a vaccine, but they just can't get it. They're like they're way back in the line um, among these orders. And so they're just waiting and waiting. They can afford it. They just can't get it. So at this point, the United States and some other wealthier countries have donated some vaccine, but it's not nearly enough to overcome this huge imbalance that has happened. So even with these donations, um, we still have the huge mismatch in the data that I just shared. One uh, promising source of hope in all this has been the COVAX Alliance. This is an international effort aimed at getting vaccine to poorer countries around the world. They have done some good work, and they have done more in a short amount of time than any international vaccine campaign in history. But Compared to the needs and compared to what's possible, it's insufficient. So there's been some logistical problems um, in them doing their work that have to get ironed out. But also they've had funding shortfalls because there have been several countries that promised a certain amount of money but didn't come through on the donations they said they would. So they're trying to play catch up with funding and they're basically asking for more money. Most importantly, though, is this issue about access to vaccines. So COVAX has been able to get some vaccine and share it with poorer countries, but they're just way behind in their goals and in their process because they just can't get enough. The wealthier countries bought them up. And even though some wealthier countries, even ones who have donated to COVAX, saying that they really support the world distribution effort, at the same time, have been the ones putting themselves at the front of the line, hogging up all the vaccines. So that's not a good situation. Now, clearly in the world, we need to improve our vaccine production capacity because it's just not enough. They've ramped up quickly. They're doing amazing things. But we have almost 8 billion people in the world, and we have variants popping up left and right.
And so we just have to go faster if we're going to get a handle on this pandemic. And of course, if we're going to be ready for future pandemics, we have to have much more vaccine production capacity than we have in the world right now. There's been a lot of discussion around this about pharmaceutical companies being forced to share their patents with other countries and other companies. So right now, they have the secret formula that they developed and only they get to make it. Um, but really, if we're going to have the production capacity we need, we just need to build more factories and we need to have it happening around the world. These pharma companies say that it's a bad idea to do that because making these vaccines is too complex. It's brand new technology. There's a lot of expertise that's required. And they say that it's not as easy as just sharing a formula, that really these other companies and other countries just wouldn't be able to do it. I'm not so sure about that. I'm willing to just let these other folks try because it could be they might fail. They might make something that's not as effective or something bogs down. I don't know. But given the severe um, needs we have in the world, I'm ready to just share it. Let them try and see if they can do it. And we need to take a long-term view of this. I think a lot of people are trying to just hustle and get through this COVID pandemic and worry about the future in the future. But we know we're going to need so many more vaccines in the future, even beyond COVID-19. We just need more capacity in the world. Because imagine if we had that pandemic that's worse than COVID-19, that's killing even more people or spreading even more quickly or mutating more quickly. We're going to need more vaccines. So we might as well get, just get started. I'm ready to just ramp it up and let's get going. So back to this issue of boosters and our current vaccination efforts. Um, what I'm about to say here might apply to some other countries, but I'm mostly speaking about the United States because that's where I live and that's what I observe. I'm observing a lot of weird behavior and the lack of a coherent strategy that really hangs together and makes sense. So in a general sense about vaccinations, even before this whole booster conversation, uh, Americans have been fighting with each other over vaccination. There's some people very in support of vaccinations. Others don't want to get vaccinated. So we've been applying enormous social pressure and coercion and beginning to have mandates to get these unvaccinated Americans to take the shots, while at the same time, other countries have none and are begging for it. So to me, it seems kind of strange to coerce somebody who doesn't want it while denying it to somebody who desperately wants it. And really giving it to that person who desperately wants it is just as effective in terms of our worldwide strategy of like taming the pandemic before more variants happen. But also... At the same time as the U.S. and some other countries are sort of hoarding these vaccines and really preaching the importance of vaccines, we've been very careless with other behavior. So a lot of mask mandates have been lifted and most people out in public are not wearing masks anymore when they should. We've got bars and restaurants 
working at full capacity, even indoors with a crowd of people. And we know that in a crowded bar that can be loud, people have to yell to be overheard, so they're spewing more droplets. Or in, in restaurants, people are like with no masks on because they're eating and drinking. So this is, these are easy places for virus to spread. We've had sporting events opening up with huge crowds of fans, and we know that people yell and cheer at sporting events and they spew droplets. We've had huge concerts, indoor and outdoor, even huge festivals where you'll have thousands of people just packed in like sardines together with no masks. And we know that at concerts, people are singing, which spews droplets, and they're dancing, which makes them breathe hard. Like, these are just not safe environments. So if we really do want to, you know, handle this pandemic, we could look there in addition to vaccines. But it seems like the culture has been aligned behind getting everybody vaccinated so that we can pretend life is normal. But really, we got to take care of these things. And vaccines are just one tool against a pandemic. There are other tools we should be using, like masks, like limiting these crowds of people. So then that could free up some vaccine to go to other countries while still keeping our pandemic under control. Um, and so really, we should be wearing masks in public, in schools. And, you know, we don't have to completely shut down everything. I'm not suggesting we stop living, but let's just be sensible as we do what we do. Basically, I'm encouraging that we still act like there's a pandemic until the pandemic is over. And that is not just meaning like reduced virus in your area, but really when the worldwide pandemic is over, then let's go back to normal and stop wearing masks and have all the fun. But until then, we need to be careful because there's variants coming along. So among the possible solutions to COVID-19, plenty of them are up to our governments, and I hope they will make smart choices. But some of these things are up to us as individuals. And I hope that we will think about the condition of the world as we make our own individual choices. For instance, I have chosen not to be vaccinated. I haven't gotten any COVID vaccine yet. Um, even though I believe in vaccines. Obviously, from my words today, you can tell I believe vaccines are so good that the whole world should have them. But I haven't gotten a vaccine because I'm aware of these worldwide trends that I've been talking about. But also, I was sick with COVID-19 several months ago, so I have some immunity to COVID. I'm aware of the studies that say that if I get a vaccine, I'll have even stronger uh, immunity but I do have some immunity, which makes me far more um, safe than someone with no sickness and with no vaccine who has no protection at all. I would rather them have the shot because I have some protection. Also, the way my life is constructed, I'm self-employed. I don't have to go to a workplace with lots of people. And so I'm able to avoid crowds. I keep my masks on. I stay careful. And this is good enough. I'd rather my vaccine go to somebody who needs it more. So this type of thinking, you know, and I'm not saying you have to make the same choice and not be vaccinated, but at least this worldwide situation, I hope, will be part of people's thinking. 
So with COVID-19 vaccine boosters, over the next few months or several months, you're going to have a decision to make whether you want to get this booster. And there are many important factors at play, and only you know what's best for you. So there's your own health, and maybe you have a health condition that makes this important to get a booster. Or there's the health of family members or other people you interact with regularly, and you might want to protect them. Or it depends on your line of work, and if you're in a high-risk situation, like a healthcare worker or a teacher or something. All those are important factors. But I hope one factor in your consideration will be this world situation. This should be one of the factors you're considering. If you're not at least thinking about it, I don't think you're being responsible. This needs to be thought about among those other factors and really take a wider view that's not just about you and your family, but about also helping us end the pandemic quicker. So the more people in well-vaccinated countries that refuse their boosters, that will free up supplies for other countries overseas that so far have very little. And that is essential for us to solve this pandemic. So that's what I got for you for today. Thank you so much for um, listening and being with me for a little bit. I want to let you know that in the show notes here, I've got some resources, some articles that you might want to read um, about these issues. Also, I encourage you to share this show with others, with friends, family, social media, whatever. Please spread the word and get people thinking about this stuff. Also, please subscribe to the show on YouTube and on podcast, um, on many podcast players. And I really welcome your thoughts about this or anything about the show. Um, Leave some YouTube comments or send me a message at joyofsavingthehumanrace.com. All right. Thank you so much. Until next time, let's be the best people we can be. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, but you're not done yet. We can't change the world if we keep the joy of saving the human race to ourselves. Help me spread the word and help this movement grow. Please subscribe to the show, both the podcast and the YouTube channel. Leave ratings or reviews, which encourages others to listen. Share this show with others on your social media. Even better, just tell a friend about it and have a good conversation about the state of the world. These things really make a difference. I hope you can help the show grow and reach a larger audience. I'm grateful for your help. Thank you. And please stay in touch with me. I love to get feedback, suggestions, and questions. Go to the website at joyofsavingthehumanrace.com. At the website, you'll learn more about the show, and you can sign up to get occasional email updates. Thanks to Moby for the show's theme music, and thanks to you for being here. All right, we're done for today. Be well. I'll talk to you soon.